Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. I have to sneeze. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Now it's gone. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And you are listening to a mini-episode. A mini-episode. A post-Thanksgiving mini-episode. Yep. It's pretty for us. For us. So we are feeling probably considerably lighter than you are at this moment. Yeah. And although I had my Thanksgiving dinner last night. Oh, that's true. And, like, I was full of energy before dinner started. I ate dinner, and then afterwards I was like, I need to go to bed. It makes you feel like an actual roly-poly. Yeah. Like, it's pretty disc. I look forward to it every year, but it's, yeah. like, pretty gross what we do to our bodies on oh. Thanksgiving. Like, I mean, it was, I ate everything. Like, yeah. sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole, mashed oh, potatoes. So good. Uh, I made cranberry sauce, and it was so good. My friend, and then they had appetizers, too. I'm like, holy shit. That, like, I was going to die. I'm going to a Friendsgiving with, like, 30 people tomorrow. There is going to overwhelming. be so much food present. And my friend Christina is making something called tater tot casserole, and I'm like, mm. I've never had that, and I don't know what it is. Tater tot hot dish, Minnesota. But it sounds freaking delicious. so good. You're going to love it. (laughs) I'm going to eat the fuck out of it. Okay. so good. So should we talk about some stuff that's happening in the world, Keegan? Let's do that. What do you want to talk about? Um, okay. Keeping in our theme of starting with the worst things that we have. The worst stories that we have. Um, Ohio is considering a bill that criminalizes abortion Uh and redefines the state's definition of a person to include any unborn human and leaves the door open for extreme penalties for women and abortion providers. I I just, as I get older, and I will preface this by apologizing if I am offending anybody who is on the pro-life side of things, as I get older, I just have a hard time understanding it more and more because it's like you clearly have, like, you're not banning abortion. Abortion's not going to end. It's going to happen no matter right. what. You're banning safety for women. Right. And it has always happened. And your personal feelings, which there is someone in here who um, is pushing for this law to pass in Ohio. Um, basically, I thought you meant like in here, like in the, this room. And I'm hiding like, behind my scarves. <laughs> no. Um, it's our first guest. Come on out come of on here. <laughs> that would not be our first guest. No, thank you. But... This person who's, like, put one of these people who's, like, pushing for the slaughter pass, he's, like, my belief is that a per- that your personhood starts at conception. And I'm, like, okay, but that's not 
what science says. No, though. even you Bill know what Nye. I'm saying? Like, Bill Nye says it's not. So I guess earlier in the year, they Ohio moved to try and pass what was called like the heartbeat bill, which was basically saying that as soon as you could pick up a heartbeat, yeah, um, you could no longer have access to an abortion. But and the problem, now they're saying it's just at conception, right? Well, so would that even mean like if I were to go to like Planned Parenthood and get Plan B the next day, that that would be the same kind of thing? Well, I don't think so because I don't think that you could. I don't think there's any way to prove that your egg was fertilized at that point. I mean, that's true. But for me, it's like if you're saying it starts at conception, and let's say I was pregnant and didn't know it, and then used Plan B. Well, I imagine you would have to be able to prove it that you were okay. pregnant. Um, so, but the problem with the heartbeat bill is that that can happen as early as six weeks and very often women do not know they're pregnant. Yeah. Yet. Because you're like, oh, my period's a little late or like, oh, like mine, it's pretty consistent now, but like years ago, like it would be all over the place. And like, right. if I'm really stressed, it'll be late. You know, mine has been so late after I went off birth control, I didn't have one for yeah. like two months. And then I, this last time I had it two weeks late and my period app is like, we cannot predict when Mm -hmm. you're going to have your period anymore. You're just too unpredictable. Yeah. I'm just so carefree. They can't keep up. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but (laughs) yeah, sounds really amazing. It's really fun. So jealous. Having it be a super surprise (laughs) at any moment. But the point of that being that you, the heartbeat bill was already a problem because you wouldn't necessarily know that you were pregnant at the time that you went in to Uh find out it could be too late by Ohio's laws to get an abortion. Now, this law goes even a step further by, yes, one, considering um, a person to begin at the moment you know that you were pregnant. Yeah. And two, by criminalizing it in the same way that it criminalizes murder. Yeah. So there are is nothing written into this, into the language of this potential law that would distinguish it from regular murder or distinguish penalties from that of regular murder. So, so if you were to go in and get an abortion at six weeks or whatever, or even before, you could then be taken to court and sentenced, like, to life in prison? Or, or I mean, or death. Yes. Because, to death? Yes, yes. Because it has the same laws. Ohio is death Guys, penalty Guys, an state. eye for an eye. My God. Well, like, that's how they see it, though. <clears throat> what they see is that 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 was murder, and Ohio is a death penalty state. So not only for abo- abortion providers, but also for the women seeking abortions if they were to get one. Could they leave and get an abortion in another state? I imagine, yes, they could. And then would it still come back to them being in Ohio? I don't think so. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, state it just sounds more... really like inconvenient. Well, <laughs> it is really that's what inconvenient. I would do. There's well, there's a documentary. Luckily, I think that you and I have enough resources that we could potentially do that. But there was a documentary that I watched. I cannot remember what it's called about um, abortion clinics and the lengths that like a state legislator will go through to get abortion clinics shut down. Yeah, like so much so that they'll be like the. Uh, width of your hallway, they'll just keep putting things on them to be like, the width of your hallway needs to be this big. And if right. it's not that, then they need to shut down and fix it. And then yeah. they'll be like, this other thing's a problem, so they need to shut down and fix it. Just right. effectively, like, not allowing them to do their work. And they were talking about how um, 
yes, they will see people come in because they might be the only abortion clinic in 300 miles, mm-hmm. and they will see people come in from out of state, and these people do, they're they're spending all the money they have yeah, to exactly. get an abortion, and then they, and they will, have to get there and get back. And sometimes and... they'll get there and they'll be like, I'm sorry, our state has a mandatory 48-hour waiting <sighs> period, and they cannot afford to stay in a hotel for two nights. Yeah. So a lot of times... It's like, yeah, you could just go to another state. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy for a lot of people. People don't have the means um, right. to be able to do that. So this isn't something that has passed yet, but it is something that is on the table in Ohio, and it is bananas that you could be put to death. I'm not a fan. It's horrifying. Not a fan. I okay. like it. Uh, well, what I wanted to talk about is that a federal judge in San Francisco has temporarily blocked the Trump administration's new policy that bars asylum for those who cross the country without authorization. Judge John Tigar ruled Monday evening that the administra- that the administration's policy irreconcilably conflicts with the Immigration and Nationality Act, which states that anyone in the United States can apply for asylum regardless whether they arrived at a, par- at a port of entry and expressed intent of Congress. And the expressed intent of Congress. Wow. I can't, I'm so tired. Guys, I can't okay. read. Oh, God. So, basically, they... Trump was trying to end, like, kind of the asylum... <clears throat> the asylum seekers, as we know. And that he was starting, like, a ban on it. And then this judge was kind of, like, somehow was able to put, like, a temporary block on it. And I'm sorry, did you say in San Francisco? It was a judge in San Francisco, okay. but I believe... Is it a nationwide ban or just a... It sounds like it's a nationwide ban. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like it. Federal judge blocks asylum ban for migrants who enter illegally from Mexico. Okay. So he is a federal judge. So it sounds like it's kind of like a temporary thing. Um, But this is what he has to say. He says, whatever the scope of the president's authority, he may not rewrite the immigration laws to impose a condition that Congress has has expressly forbidden. Mm -hmm. Uh, The lawsuit stems from a proclamation signed by Trump on November 9th that limited granting asylum only to people who present themselves at a port of entry, as opposed to crossing into the United States anywhere along the Mexican border and seeking asylum from any border control agent they encountered. I really like that they are calling them what they are, which is asylum seekers yeah. rather than migrants or any other kind yeah, of like I agree. coded language that they might use uh, that ha- that invokes something different in us. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is that a lot of these people are most, I think most of these people in general are seeking Asylum. They just want help. You know what I mean? Like, and I know people who, like, I know a girl who came from Russia who's a lesbian and claimed asylum and stays here just for being a lesbian. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is, so often we hear from the right where they're just like mostly directed at uh, progressives or liberals, where yeah. they'll say, if you hate your country so much or you don't yeah. like what your country stands yeah. for, then just leave. And it's like, well, that's what these people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to leave a country that doesn't either doesn't represent them or they don't feel yeah, safe in. For real. Um, and we are chastising them for trying to make a better life for themselves. Yeah. So the parties will meet next in federal court in San Francisco on December nineteenth, as the judges decides whether to block the rule for a longer period of time with a preliminary injunction. This guy, Lee Gellerant, who is an attorney with the ACLU, says this ban is illegal, will put people's lives in danger and raises the alarm about President Trump's disregard for separation of powers. 
So hopefully all goes well on December 19th. What do you have for what's next for you? Uh, Okay. So next I have that. This is kind of a good thing. Yeah. An exciting thing. Okay. It's it's also kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer. So I put it in the middle. It's good, but it's also sad and you'll see why. So. Georgia rape kit, uh, the Georgia rape kit backlog has been cleared. Awesome. Hundreds of cases have been connected to other crimes. Mm-hmm. So more than 3,000 rape kits found untested in police evidence lockers have all undergone lab tests by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations less than three years after state legislator passed uh, a law to eliminate the backlog, which I did a uh, commercial for. And the backlog. The backlog, yeah. 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 This is a good place to plug that my other podcast has wine through um, One Hope Wines. And if you buy one using our link, it goes to end the backlog. Woo! Um, so, Cal- uh, Georgia passed a legislative law that said they were going to end the backlog, which we need to do across yeah. the country. Yeah. And... Um, some of these kits had been sitting for over 15 years. Wow. Waiting to be tested. Yeah. Can you imagine getting raped, having yeah. that violation, then having the violation of getting tested? Getting tested. Yeah. And then 15 years, you get no movement, yeah. no justice. Yeah. Absolutely nothing happens in your case for 15 yeah. years. That is in. Sane. So they have gone through and they have processed a lot of these kits. And in doing so, they have managed to connect a lot of these crimes to uh, other people. Yeah. They have found two serial rapists. Love it. Because they were I mean, able, I don't love that they're serial, but, serial I mean, rapists. So glad but. that they were found, but it's like. It's so so, so sad that yeah. because they weren't able to test these kits, this person went on to rape however many other women. They became women. serial rapists, mm-hmm. you know? Because they weren't caught. Yeah. And, like, that is so And if you don't, it's like when scary. you're a kid and it's like you test your boundaries and you don't get caught, you're going to continue to do yeah, things like, because I can you do get your way. With impunity. And yeah, like exactly. It's, it's not um, a, a big deal at all. So... A lot of the other people were also connected to other crimes just via having this this DNA tested. So that was really cool. And uh, listen, Georgia, there's a lot we could say about you, but this is a great thing. This is a really good thing. That you did, and I really hope that the rest of the nation kind of follows suit. And another thing to say about this in a bid to kind of be like, let's bring us all together for like half a second, because we should all have common ground when it comes to, hey, rape is bad. Yeah. It's not always the case, surprisingly. Yeah, it's not. Um, but we should all be on the same page. And to get this legislator pa- legislature passed, it was very nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. Both sides kind of came together and unanimously voted like, yeah, I hey, like this that is would a be good thing. really hard in a lot of places. You, Yeah, I mean, and honestly, and sorry, Georgia... I would have thought that it would have been a harder thing to pass in Georgia than it is. But, um, yeah, apparently it was pretty evenly split among Democrats and Republicans that they were like, hey, yeah, rape's bad and we should catch rapists. Gee, what do you know? (laughs) So the other thing I want to talk about today, uh, Donald Trump says reports that his daughter and senior advisor, Ivanka, may have violated federal law. This (laughs) bitch. This bitch right here. Oh, no. <laughs> For conducting government business over personal email. Uh, our fake fucking news, you idiot, is her what Jezebel email. says. Her and then he email. goes, 
She wasn't doing anything to hide her emails, the president told reporters. Oh, I hate you so much. While speaking at the White House. There was no deleting like Hillary Clinton did. Oh, fuck There you. was no server in the basement like Hillary Clinton had. I'm about to throw this microphone. <laughs> you were talking about a whole different... You're talking about fake news, he says. And then he goes, there was no deleting like Hillary Clinton did. Um... Why does that make a fucking difference? I know. That wasn't the problem. Yeah. That wasn't the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it says critics of the president and even some of his supporters called the arrangement hypocritical because Trump used the email issue to hammer Clinton during the 2016 campaign. Trump supporters still chant, lock her up at campaign rallies, a callback to one of the president's signature lines during the race. And now Ivanka is has done the same thing. Great. So, just wanted to, like, bring that into the conversation real quick. I fucking hate everything. Like, seriously, but it's, like, because it's his daughter, he's like, it's not a big deal, guys. No, he's a complete hypocrite. Like, that's the thing about this guy, and that's the reason why I don't understand why he still has supporters. He will... He is a clear hypocrite. Well, and he will just very, very, very brazenly do whatever is in his best interest. Oh, totally. It has zero... I mean, to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if he flipped on issues that he's been very strong on. Of course he would. If it was in his best interest to do so. Of course he would. The only reason he doesn't is because he manages to rally up... In the past, he has been, you know, before he ran for president, he has been, like, pro-LGBT. Yeah. You know, and and things like that. And things just complete... I don't even know. He only says and does the things that he says and does because he knows that it will rile up his base. Yeah. If flipping at any moment benefited him, he would do that. Of course. And that's why he never... I have a very hard time believing that Donald Trump, who knows very little policy or very little national security or anything, ever gave a shit about Hillary's emails. I don't think he ever cared. No, but someone told him and he saw it as a way to campaign against her. Absolutely. So now that it's no longer... Because he never had an educated argument. It was just the emails, the emails. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was never anything, like, logical or educated that he had to say. It was all just that he wanted to keep bringing it up so it was fresh in people's minds so they never forgot. And it you know raised question and doubt and things like that and that was that was his reasoning it is and i hate that that's still what people say when they say they voted for trump her emails i'm like are you fucking stupid yes hate it It yes is the answer yes they're fucking stupid to (laughs) that are you fucking stupid yes you are moving up or you're just (laughs) blind i mean okay i'm sorry i am heated the title of this podcast is your angry neighborhood feminist so (laughs) i'm not going to apologize for that however I do think that there needs to be a little bit of, like, grace here in that I don't think that everyone who voted for Trump is stupid. Like, I don't I think, think that... that... I don't think that the people are stupid. I think the fact that that's their excuse, even two years later, that they will call back on for not voting for Hillary. They're like, well, I really didn't like Trump, but Hillary's emails. Yeah. You know what I mean? That what, I think is stupid. What I think they are is indoctrinated. Like, yeah. that's what I think it is. I think if you expose yourself to nothing but right-wing media and that is oh i read like a really interesting article about fox news today too about like just kind of boycotting fox news and like the different ways that like they get their views and i mean basically everything that like we already know about fox news we need to go after their advertisers yeah we need to do yeah you can shame the advertisers into leaving their shows um you have a much better everything unfortunately 
living in a capitalist society, everything is linked back to, to consumerism. Consumerism and yeah. like how much money they can make. Yeah. Everyone can be manipulated. There have been times when who was it? Glenn Beck during the 2016 campaign or or shortly thereafter where he was having kind of a come-to-Jesus moment about uh, Trump and all of that stuff and very quickly switched back because guess what? You don't make any money that way. Yeah, the 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 Fox News people have to continue to support and do what they're doing in order to be as lucrative as they are. Right, and I mean, I'm not saying that a lot of people on, on the left aren't the same way. I'm not saying that... There are a lot of celebrities who kind of co-opt this, like, social justice platform. There are so many celebrities who, like, want to appear one way and then don't really do anything right, about it. Right, because it's a, it's about cultivating an or image. Or they'll show up to, like, a gala. Right. It's about <laughs> cultivating an image like, and being able to make money from that image. I'm sorry. That's one thing for me that drives me fucking crazy about this town is that, like, there will be some gala or benefit and it's, like, all these fucking celebrities show up and all these nice outfits and red carpets and blah 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 And it's, like, do these things in your day-to-day life. That's something for me that pisses me off Well, so and much. here's the problem, too, if we're going to get into this, because, like, you know that I have a very conservative family, and one of their gripes, and this is something that the right, I think, does cling on to, and, like, normal, everyday people in flyover states cling on to, is that it does seem hypocritical to them. Like, they want to champion, like, the everyman while they're living yeah. this very luxurious lifestyle, or they want to champion things like the Me Too movement. And time's up when it's quite obvious that a good number of them knew what Harvey Weinstein was doing. Exactly. You know, so... And I think that it's great that if you're supporting a certain cause and you're doing good things, but I feel like there has to be... I would feel like a hypocrite if I just went to some event and wasn't doing anything about it beforehand. And the the glamorization of it, to me, I think is kind of icky. Well, but at the same like you're, time, you're it does... lacking integrity. Right. It, it does... Like. I mean, look at when Taylor Swift, though, came out as a Democrat. Like, she used her celebrity in a way to kind of Although she might endorse. have gotten the wrong people to vote because the Democrat did not win in Tennessee. No, but, did not. But, but... But, um... Yes, you are right in that. Like, y- yeah, there is something... There is the power of celebrity in this world, but there is something to me that's just kind of icky where it's well, like, it's I feel also, so passionate about there's this There's a power of celebrity, which is amazing. Definitely use your platform for good, for sure. But at the same time, it's like, there's a power of celebrity for yourself also, and you should mm-hmm. be able to empower yourself because you do have so much more money and yeah. in a lot of cases time and, and all of that stuff that... You can actually devote more right, energy and there's to nothing these wrong with being a celebrity and no, having money. No. It's like it's just for me. I feel like if you are fortunate enough to have such a great life, that for me at least, that would be something that I would want to be expressing on my day to day life, or just stay out of it. That's yeah. the thing. Is like it it, will, it becomes hypocritical, or it at least has that when you're on the bandwagon, right? When it at least has that optically when you show up to galas and you're like, I support these causes and in your day-to-day life you don't do anything if you never showed up to that gala and you never associated yourself with anything then it would then be you're like, not associated right. with it but if you're going to say like i support this and then never do anything practically to help those people it's like all of the celebrities or the times up pins you know last right. year right if you like are that. not actually helping the cause then like what's the point yeah and you i mean, mean as far as the pins go like you can wear them and support 
you know, the cause and things like that. You don't necessarily have to be but to me, on a day-to-day like, basis. But to me, it's like the but... safety pin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm just like, I understand it's coming from a good place. But if you, I was listening to a podcast a while ago about those safety pins. And if you guys don't know, the safety pins were something that it started in England, I guess, as a show of solidarity for um, uh, Muslim Muslim people in England. Yeah. And then it came here after the 2016 election when a lot of minorities were feeling at risk. Yeah. And people would wear safety pins to let people know that, like, hey, I'm a safe person. Yeah. Which, in in concept... Is a great idea. A great idea. However, I was listening to a podcast, and she was like, I would challenge people on that, and I would say, okay, well, what is your... What plan do you have in place mm-hmm. for when a minority comes up to you and says, I need help? Do you have a plan in place? Or is yeah. it just showboating? Is it just, like performative allyship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's a good point. Yeah. And so... And I think it's a good thing to check yourself on, too. Yeah. I know we kind of got off base a little bit from what we were talking no, about. I think it's a good conversation, though. Yeah. Do you have anything else to talk about? Yes, I have one I have, last thing. I have thing. one stupid fucking thing that I'll say at the end. Okay. I have one last thing just to kind of... Anytime I have an opportunity, especially with how difficult things have been with the fires in California and uh, the shitty comments we've been getting from the president... Yeah. What the uh, fuck? Fuck that guy. But so whenever I have an opportunity to kind of brag on uh, our state, I like to do that. Do it. California just officially banned the sale of animal tested cosmetics. <gasps> I didn't know this. Very exciting. That's great. Yes. So uh, Governor Jerry Brown signed a landmark bill into law on Friday aimed at banning the sale of cosmetics that have been tested on animals. The mm-hmm. California Cruelty Free Cosmetics Act, authored by Democratic State Senator Kathleen Galgiani. Uh, prohibits manufacturers to import for profit, sell, or offer for sale any cosmetic product that was developed or made using an animal test. If the test occurs after the law takes effect on January 1st, 2020, that means that products developed using animal testing may be sold as long as the testing does not continue after that date. Violations are punishable by a $5,000 fine plus an additional $1,000 for each violation that continues after that. So, it is a flawed yeah. bill. Yeah, in that because I feel like for a lot of companies that's not it's a not lot a lot of money. of money. However, it is it's a start something. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good start. start. I think a lot of states don't have anything, and given that a lot of cosmetic companies are based out of uh, California, mm-hmm. I think it's a good first step. I think in it's the right really direction. great. We need to also just stop getting rid of a lot of the shit that we put into our cosmetics. You are right about that. As a makeup lover, there's <laughs> a lot of it. Uh, when I go out and things like that, it does freak me out sometimes to be like, I'm putting this on my face. Yeah, it's like, what is this that I'm putting on my face? It's yeah, crazy. and also, there are so many cruelty-free makeup brands, including cruelty-free makeup brands that are cheap drugstore options. Like, what yeah. wild is Honestly, I really like a lot of, like, the online, like, I liked ColourPop a lot. Oh, I love ColourPop. Because they, yes. they, because they don't sell them in stores, it's cheaper. They have them at Ulta now. Oh, they do? Okay, yes. that's cool. I really like their lipsticks. Yeah, they're great. Those lipsticks are great. Um, I love ColourPop. So, there are lots of, ColourPop's cruelty-free, right? I think, I, I think so. I, I think hope it, they I'm are. I'm pretty sure it is. I, I don't know enough about makeup. I hope they are because I'm telling people I like them. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it is. But, like, there are so many cruelty-free options, and... Um, it's just a really, it, I understand that I have a very conflicted, I know like vegans are listening to this, like you eat meat, so you can't say things. Yeah, but But, it's, it's, there's still, I feel like, I don't know. I I can't say like, yeah, there's a difference because like, I don't know, like I'm not a vegan, so I can't speak from like that perspective. But for me, it's like, I don't know. Well, for, for me, 
I'm able to recognize that, yes, like, my lifestyle may be flawed in what I'm consuming. Yeah. Um, but if I can lessen that in any way, right. I'm going to and do that. And for me, like, it's, I get that it's similar because you're still putting animals through pain, but makeup it's still, seems like something. As a makeup lover, it seems like something unnecessary. I was to gonna be doing say to it just animals. always seemed very bizarre to yeah. me. I don't know. I just don't like it. I've never felt good well, about it's, it. It's to me, it's a very unnecessary thing to be putting animals through, especially since yeah. so many companies don't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, it's very clear that you yeah. could avoid. You don't need to do doing it. This. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, awesome, California. Step in the right direction. Fuck yeah. Etc. So there's gonna be a fucking. Pikachu detective movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pause you right there. I heard about this. Did not watch the trailer. Why, as a child of the 90s, who not only watched Pokemon, but also... You were a fucking nerd. ...traded Pokemon cards and went to Pokemon tournaments. I know you did, because you're a fucking nerd. I'm um, very proud of it. Um, uh, excuse me. Uh, I love you for it. I'm not saying it as an insult. I'm just saying you're a fucking nerd. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but as someone who did that, I'm unclear as to why Pikachu is a detective. Why is he a detective? Why is Ryan Reynolds his voice? Why did Ryan Reynolds sign on to this? So many questions. Why is it a live action thing? Why where, is again, it it's happening? It's like Ted. It's like Ted, but it's Pikachu. Why is it happening? I don't understand. It's honestly, like I read this really funny article on Jezebel where they were like, we're so divided in so many ways right now, but can we all just come together and like agree that this is dumb? I think we can. Like, I think this we is can. stupid. And... I understand that they're like, okay, live action is a big thing right now. I but did like Pokemon, like when Pokemon Go was going on, like I could kind of see where like the hype would help it out. But like, that's probably where when they came up with the con- concept. Maybe, to be but it's yeah. like I feel like it's just kind of died down a little bit. Like the hardcore fans, like there's always going to be those Pokemon fans. Like my ex boyfriend was a huge Pokemon fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like it doesn't make sense to me. Well, and. It just feels unnecessary. And I and I think that you could probably make that argument for a lot of these live action remakes. Right. But this is very like it's very forced. It, I'm like Ryan Reynolds, what were you thinking? I don't even see the draw really. Like No. Why is he a detective? Why is he a detective? What is he doing? What part of Pokemon makes Pikachu a fucking detective? I don't know, Madigan. <laughs> I'm very confused. I don't understand it. I will say, um, this takes us off of this just a teensy bit, but did you happen to watch the trailer for the live-action Dumbo movie? I saw, like, a preview of it at a movie, and I was like, this looks creepy and weird It looks like it's going to ruin my life. Like, it looks like it's going... I mean, Dumbo in general fucked me up. So sad. It fucked me up. And then this trailer, I'm like, I have to look at a realistic-looking baby elephant with clown, like, sad clown makeup on. Yeah. And I want to die. Like, it looks like it's going to ruin my life. I'm... I can't. Like, I... The movie was both sad and trippy to me, and I could barely handle it as a child. So many racist crows. I don't watch that movie. Like, I love Disney movies, and that is one that I'm not like, let's watch Dumbo I'm not... That one and Bambi, I'm like, I am not trying to feel devastated. No. So I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Apparently they're coming out. It might be... Detective Pikachu might be a PG-13 movie, so they are kind of going, like... In a Deadpool direction? Ted 
for me, it seems or like Ted. Ted. Okay. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at like all. this idea. I think it's a bad idea. It's based on Detective Pikachu by Creatures Incorporated. Whatever. What is that, that? means? I really listen as a Pokemon nerd. It's in- a Japanese video game development company affiliated with the Pokemon Company. It's a no. It's a hard fucking no. It's for a me, hard bro. pass, bro. Like as as hard someone no. who was a you know a Pokemon nerd in the nineties. That shit got out of hand for me quick. And I get that that is partially just because I'm Do you want to hear the premise? Yes. Okay. In the Pokemon universe, Tim Goodman, played by Justice Smith, is a former Pokemon trainer and the son of prominent detective Harry Goodman. When his father disappears in a car crash, Tim arrives in Rhyme City and ends up meeting Detective Pikachu, played by Ryan Reynolds, who was Harry's former Pokemon partner. Tim is somehow able to understand the detective, and they reluctantly team up to find Harry and uncover the mystery surrounding his disappearance. Why poke? Why? Why? Pikachu? <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I'm just like I feel like this movie could be made without Pikachu and be fine. Yeah. I, or just make it. If you wanted to make it like a weird Ted movie, then use a different fucking character. Stuffed animal. My eye is watering so bad right now. Why are you crying over Pikachu? No, I'm very upset. You guys, <laughs> so mad. I'm and don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. All right. So I guess we should wrap this up. So yeah, I can we wash my eye out. Probably should, anyways, because we're hitting thirty minutes. Uh, thank you for listening to another mini episode. We really appreciate it. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can write to us uh, at our email, which is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Yamps Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. Listen to us on Radio Public. We would really greatly appreciate it. Please send in your QA questions. That's I got, what I was just going to say. I got one from Twitter. Okay, good. Um, so I haven't checked Twitter in like months. I oh do my it. God. I do it like twice a week. So really I'm on top impressed of with that. Um, so definitely send us your Q and A questions. We're Please gonna do it do. for our one year anniversary. Yeah, we're gonna we, do an Ask Me Anything. So. We said it last time, but I really want to drive this home. Like, kind of like our coming out episode. We really can't do it without you guys helping yeah, us. Yeah, we will do something else. If or we, don't we have questions. yeah, or we'll just be like okay. Um, but it'd be really fun for our kind of like one year celebration of doing this, and I'd really enjoy it. So yeah, I mean, and it can be anything because I have had a. It lot can be of, like, what's your favorite color and, and why? And I've had a lot of people ask me like, um, how do I start a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> what goes into that? Um, was it difficult? What was the most difficult part of it? I have yeah. a lot of questions like that where people will ask me that stuff in in person, and I understand that it's something that people are interested yeah. in. So if you have questions regarding things like that, even we are happy to answer those. Yeah, questions. literally anything. Like we, that's why it's called "Ask Me Anything." It's anything. It's gonna be great. Um. So yeah, is that all we have to say? I think so. Did I do all the things and the stuff? Yes. Oh. Can you rate and review? No, you did not. My yes. mom gets really mad at me if I don't say it. Rate, review, subscribe, do those things. Do the Tell things. a friend. Please, thank you. I really appreciate it. You're the best. So with that being said, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Happy Black Friday. Happy Black Friday. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.